Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We have our evening with medium events coming up on August 23rd and December 13th. Tickets are already on sale at the website buysarlow.com. Don't miss out on those. Mm-hmm. Sips of Sanity is a second podcast series that we have. It's available at the website by sarlo.com. These are 10-minute shows. We pick a theme involving emotional or spiritual intelligence, and we give you a toolkit. At the website by sarlo.com, we also have coffee mugs for sale. So while you're there, you can either buy a mug or check out a number of shows. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase them and experience them from anywhere in the world via Skype, telephone, FaceTime, and Zoom. Today's show goes back to one of my favorite themes that you and I talk about on this series of Coffee with the Sarlos, and that is the universal laws. Part of the reason that I love them so much is that society tends to teach us that there are only one or two the law of attraction, and the law of abundance. And I've said this many, many times on the show. If you don't know the remaining universal laws, then it's kind of like trying to build a house with a hammer and a nail. It's not going to work too well. It doesn't have any boundaries. It doesn't have any structure. It doesn't really have a foundation. And so without knowing all of the universal laws, you kind of really go through life thinking that all you have to do is attract something and that you will therefore have abundance. And that's just crazy shit. And it leads to a lot of problems and dysfunction then. Because if someone else tries to have a conversation with you, you're really at a loss. Similarly, if you're trying to build that house with just two things, and a a great construction person comes up to you and starts asking you how your saw is working, you would have no idea because you didn't know there was one. Good metaphor. Yeah, it just makes for messy relationships and for messy thinking and unrealistic expectations of life, your own behaviors and other people's. Yeah, I think people forget that it's an unrealistic expectation of themselves. And it's something that makes me panic when I hear other people talking about the law of attraction or abundance is that if I can just think my way into my own reality, but the reality I want is not coming you're at a constant thought process of, I'm not doing well enough. I'm not doing it right. What am I doing wrong? Instead of actually figuring out that there are other tools, you think you're constantly failing. And let's lead, let's let that lead us right into the universal law of cycles, which is super important to know in relation to those two other laws. So if we start talking about cycles in general terms first, We think immediately of things in nature because nature presents cycles to us with the weather and with birthing and, oh, lots of things that anybody can think of off the top of their head where we see the cycle of plant growth. How about your eyelashes shedding? Yeah. Things all come in cycles of birth and rebirth. Your skin shedding. Mm -hmm. There are really great healthy cycles. Okay. And so I like how you say healthy, because then there are also unhealthy cycles. That's what I was setting you up for. Yeah. And so now if we take this conversation into the area of relationships, or even before that, if we take it into the area of a relationship with ourself, the first thing that we have to do 
is become aware of our own cycles, which means we have to become aware of our own patterns. And because if we're not aware of our own, then other people are responsible for responding to our patterns and cycles. And that's where we get into shitstorms. That's when we have fights. That's when we have quittings, firings, divorces, breakups. Kids won't talk to parents. Parents won't talk to kids. It's typically when we're in a cycle and we're not aware of our own. And some people might want to believe, oh no, it's because of their cycle. They're the one that behaves this way. And we don't realize that, yeah, if they have a certain way of behaving, then a cycle means that we have a certain way in responding to it. And that is the cycle. So I guess my first point here is a level of awareness. That's the first thing that I'm trying to say really strongly to anybody that is a note taker or wants to sit there and go, okay, I have to store some of this in my memory. First thing to put in your memory today is your own level of self-awareness. And I think one of the first things if we're asking about tools is ask yourself a question. If you don't know that you're in a cycle, if you don't know that you even have them, then look around when you get into conflict and make the first question, what cycle am I in? I can give an example of that. This was uh, over a decade ago when I was married. Uh, I remember a cycle that I had in that at that period of time in my life, if somebody criticized me, the first thing I did in my own cycle was I got very quiet. I went into withholding. I went into avoiding. And I went into just simply shutting down mode because I was scared to confront anybody. I had the nice girl syndrome. So instead of confronting somebody or even being curious and asking a question, which I didn't realize I could even do because some people were in attack mode, my cycle was to absolutely shut down in all situations. Okay. So let's pause there because there are different kinds of shutdowns. Some of us will have red flags in our body where we feel pain or tightness or stiffness or seizing right? And that's one kind of awareness to pay attention to, one kind of red flag that's popping up for you. And in other ways, like you've mentioned, you can notice that you shut down and people shut down in different ways. Some people deflect and can't answer a question. Some people shut down and like you say, don't talk. Some people don't shut down on the outside, but start going into a negative pattern of horrible self-talk. Mm-hmm. Symptoms can present differently. Oh, and my symptoms presented in my muscles. And, and the disease is the cycle that you're in. Mm-hmm. So in that example, just in case people are listening and trying to figure out their own stuff, my muscles seized, my pelvis seized, my upper back, my shoulders tightened. The massage therapist might say things like, you're very tight in your, in your traps. You're very tight in these areas. That was a cycle. And my massage therapist was one of the first people to present my cycles to me. She helped me with my self-awareness by being able to say, do you notice? And then she would ask certain questions like, what's going on at home? What's going on at work? And she would ask particular questions so that I would just open up. 
Now, let's throw out that shutting down doesn't mean doing nothing or saying nothing. Shutting down can look like someone who runs themselves ragged, doing and fixing for everyone around them. Mm -hmm. And it's a real actual avoidance of the problem itself. And if I stay busy, maybe I won't get attacked. If I stay busy, maybe I can't be blamed. Well, how about if I stay people-pleasing and think of everything that I can do to please this person, clean, cook, take care of the kids, mow the lawn, and so on and so on, then I won't have to deal with another outburst. So this way we are in our own cycle responding to someone else's cycle. And so I'm saying two of them, two can go hand in hand. And eventually, so can the cycles of all of the children or everybody else around you, co-workers, your boss, people in the neighborhood, or it could be a friend group. So if we continue that particular example, say now, say, uh, say in that example, that is a spouse and me. So that's two cycles. Now the children can develop cycles too. So they're going to see what's happening between two parents and figure out their own cycles. And eventually those cycles for those children can play out later in their life with their own partners. Yes. And in large part, we can refer to this as adapting. And in many ways it is because at a certain point or at a certain age, let's say, you do adapt to survive. So if you see parents who fight or one that shuts down or one that people pleases while the other one is aggressive, children will adapt so that they can survive in the environment. But this does create a cycle that they learn how to respond when they see a similar situation in the future. Yeah, and some of those children might model one parent. And you might also see, say you have three kids. You might have, say, the oldest modeling the mom, the youngest modeling the dad, and the middle child bounces back and forth and models both. So you can have that middle child, and I picked that one on purpose, that would swing their pendulum both ways. And in another scenario, you can have one child who models mom when she's with her own spouse and models dad when she's at work. Mm. And because this adaptation that they learn, they implement where they can get away with it. Mm -hmm. We learn very quickly what we can get away with, where, and with whom. Particularly when we have power. So if you're a boss, if you're a manager, if you're an owner, if you're the parent, or if you're the child but your, your parent is in a position of weakness... Any place that we can exert control, some people will take advantage of that or be pushed into it. So sometimes we also get into our cycles because we're cornered into them. On a little bit of a different note in the cycles, I really liked learning this part. And we've heard this in some sayings and in some poetry and some Buddhist things or whatever, but that in cycles we have times of action and we have times of being still or patience and waiting. And I think this is a really lovely one because if you go back to that law of attraction or that law of abundance and the universe is saying to you that you are in a time of patience, the universe and your spirit guides are saying this is a time for rest and you want now, you want things to happen, then you may believe that the universe is just not listening or that I'm stuck. And you may think, what is wrong? 
So you have to go harder on the meditation, or maybe you have even more vision boards, or maybe you want to visit more spiritual people or a spiritual friend group and say, what's blocking me? How come you guys are able to manifest things and I'm not? And a nasty or an unformed friend group could hurt you very much in that situation by trying to tell you, well, you should be visualizing this way. Well, I do it like this. Well, did you do a vision board? Well, is yours big enough? Well, did you get enough pictures? Are you meditating enough? Maybe you should do better things. Well, maybe you, what are you doing to block yourself? So you can step into a lot of self-abuse at this point. If you don't understand that in the law of cycles, the universe is saying that you're in a time of patience, ease, and sitting back. Yeah, let's call it winter. (laughs) Right? If we're talking about cycles, there is a time for stillness. There's a time for rest and hibernation, and that is naturally winter. Yeah. There's a time for action and hurrying and scurrying, and that is fall. Yeah. There's a time for gentleness and patience and and beauty, and that is spring. Yeah. I think of the, the book, The Way of the Horse, where there are different parts how Linda describes that the horses know when there's something that is there to be afraid of. So the horse rears up and it takes off action. It knows that there's actually something there, and there is. There really is. It's not a fear. It is a response to a real threat. The bear is there. You can see the bear and you're going to move. So it's an action based on fact. So they run. The horses run. They move. It's a perfect time for action. So there's great ease and great purpose. Energy is being used in a perfect way with the universe. That is flow. But once the horse moves away from the bear, once it knows it is safe, factually, then it can rest. It goes back to grazing. It goes back to being peaceful and resting. It's not saying, what's next? It's not creating false dramas to keep going in action. So it recognizes it's time to graze. It's time to be peaceful. It's time that things don't have to be busy. I don't have to create a drama. And I think this should really speak to some people who go from drama to drama constantly. And that they get stuck in that cycle of here's, here's drama and I actually like it. Even though they might be the ones that complain or the ones that say they don't want it or I have to work really hard to stop it. When in actuality, if you watch them long enough, you get to see the truth of the fact that they actually thrive in that. They want to stay in it. So you have to be able to say what you want to do around that relationship. On a similar note, there's talking and listening. So very similar, like we just said about action and stillness, talking is an action. It's an interaction that is responding. And listening is a type of interaction that is the stillness, that is just being. It's good to know that we need to do both because some people don't ever listen. They hear somebody, but they are thinking in their head of their response constantly. 
So they may be the problem solver. They are the person who thinks they might be a little Miss Know-it-all or the person that has to fix everything the, or the bully that has to have a comeback for every damn thing that comes out of someone else's mouth. Right to the point of maybe that they actually have to cut people off, even if it's through humor. I make a joke when other people are talking to get control back. And they can't value what is in a beautiful gift of just being a listener for somebody else. They see no value in it whatsoever. And so what we're trying to say in the law of cycles is that there's value in both. Yeah, because if you are someone who only ever listens and doesn't know how to use your voice or to be the speaker, then you can see no value in talking, but you are stuck in a cycle with someone or a situation where your worth is never actualized. You're never allowed to exercise your own worth. And that is a cycle in and of itself. Mm -hmm. I guess all that to say is that we can do the right thing at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. You might not be wrong in your action, like running, but you might not have needed to run from the turtle if what you really needed to run from was the bear, but you didn't take long enough to assess. Mm. Running is still a good thing. Mm-hmm. You just didn't need it right now. I like that you're saying that one of the things that we need in the law of cycles is time. Time to assess. That's why we said at the very beginning, self-awareness. We need time to make sure that we're allowed to really, truly assess what another person is doing, not just what they want us to think that they're doing. Because sometimes those are two different things. And that we need time to be able to make our own decision about what, how we want to respond so that we don't stay stuck in an unhealthy cycle. And we, we might have to go into our own discomfort, but I think if we actually can appreciate that we're in our discomfort and have support in it, even support ourselves in it, be kind to ourselves in it, that we can come through some of these cycles that someone else might be in and not let ourselves just unconsciously or sound asleep get triggered. I think a good example that comes to my mind is when somebody goes through a breakup in a relationship. I'll use that one as the example. And some people want to go straight into another relationship and just continue their cycles without realizing or working on what any of them are, what they were in the first relationship. So they don't sit there and say, how are my cycles contributing to this relationship ending? They don't do that. They just want to move right into another relationship immediately so that they don't have to face any of those things versus the person who can say, hmm, coming out of a relationship of a year or six months or 30 years or whatever it is, I think I need some time. I need some time to reflect, to heal and to know my own patterns and my own cycles. Because it's going to be key if I know those things now and know the ones that were good, I want to continue with a new partner, and maybe know some of the ones that weren't so good that I participated in. So that if I have a new partner that does the same, I'm not going to engage. And if the partner can't figure that out, then I'm going to learn that this just isn't the right partner for me. And because I'm not knee deep into thinking I should just be with anybody, I can stand on my own two feet to say, hmm, 
I still think I need more time to myself. So when we are in this time of pausing, we have a great opportunity to learn to know ourselves. Which is also why when we talk about emotional intelligence within a relationship, it's still important to have your pauses in them. It's still important to check in with your partners, whether it's your friendships, your spouse, your coworkers, because you have your own cycles within the relationship as well. If I think about some friend groups when you're saying stuff like that, Kelly, like groups of people, you can pretty much see how cycles play out in a, in a larger group than if it's just one, like you and your best friend. Some people, I would say, could listen to this and go, yeah, you're talking about my best friend. I love her one-on-one, but when we're in a group, she totally changes. And I think that's one way that we're basically saying, I see what kind of cycle my girlfriend and I can engage in that's healthy or that we both like, but I see the way that she cycles in things with other people, and that's when it irritates me. Or we can be in a group and watch how all kinds of other people in our friend group behave, and we see their cycles. So when one friend is gone, say Bev is gone and she can't come to a party, you might hear from all the other friends what she would be like if she were there. Oh, if Bev were here, she would have said this, or she would have done that, or ooh, that would have got her going and she would have slammed the door. That's often when we can really, truly identify somebody's cycle. Mm -hmm. Or when a friend breaks up with a guy and we all go, oh, well. Don't say anything yet because she's likely going to be back together with him next week. Yeah. Oh, she's been back with him five times. Don't criticize him. And, and we often learn that lesson the hard way when it may be the very first time someone goes through a cycle like that and they end up going back out with that guy again and we are the one that gets ditched as the friend because they're cycling and they don't like the fact that we have seen it. They don't want to witness. They don't want anybody saying anything or dealing with it, or pointing it out. So it's better just to dump that friend. And sometimes what happens in a group situation is that that person can bully that person, their friend, right out of an entire group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't anticipating the direction that you took it in, but that's a great example. What I wanted to say was, um, and maybe you will say this is the same, when we have our own cycles in a relationship, maybe our partner points out to us that we don't like our job every October through November. Right. And we come out of it and we're kind of in our honeymoon stage again in December and January. And and we cycle in times of loving something and hating something. Mm-hmm. Right? And we might think that way about our bodies. Maybe my I know my partner isn't going to love their bodies right at the beginning of May when they anticipate, you know, bathing suit season. But then they get into their routine and they're all they're all good and they're getting back to quote unquote themselves by July or August because they're working out and taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. These are patterns that we need to be aware of that we do that affect these relationships. Yeah, and I think some people are very, very aware that they have their own cycles. For and one that you're saying in particular. So say I'm aware that I don't like my body in May. And somebody's asking me to go to a water park because it happens to be a beautiful May or June. And I rip their head off. And I mean and nasty. 
if everybody knows that's my cycle, I might think, well, to hell with all of you. You shouldn't have asked me. You knew this was coming. And I excused my terrible behavior. And the worst part of it is, is that maybe the entire friend group allows me to get away with it because they know it's a cycle. Yep. This is just Karen in May. Right. And in June or July, she'll be fine. She'll be nice again. And so we allow people to get away with really destructive behavior. Well, we allow them to not have personal responsibility. Right. And that's what cycles can do. So we have to be able to call each other out. We have to be able to walk away. We have to be able to know how to confront that. And we have to be able to see it within ourselves to actually be decent human beings to the people that we say are our friends or our family or the people that we say we work with or that we love. Mm -hmm. Because it's being quite the hypocrite to say that we love them or we love the job or we appreciate them and then turn around and knowingly stay in our cycles and just expect them that they're going to tolerate that behavior from us. That's abusive. Maybe this is a good point to bring up right now is that cycles have energy. And if you're this far into the podcast and you're still listening, you're probably like, wow, this is a real big downer today. That would be a clear indication of your energy levels responding to what a negative cycle feels like. Mm -hmm. If you've wanted to hit the pause button, if you've wanted to hit stop and think, I'm going to go listen to something else, it's because you want to detach from something that is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about too is that when you are hanging around with someone who is in unhealthy cycles, you know it's beyond your control. You know that it's not your responsibility to break. And so you do want to distance yourself from it. Mm-hmm. That is another part, if we go back to the very beginning of the show, of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So if you feel yourself avoiding, if you feel yourself making excuses to avoid, pay attention. Because people with healthy patterns or healthy cycles will be the ones that seek to re-energize. They will feel like springtime for you. Yeah. Those are the people that you want to be around because in having cycles, they can self-assess. They can engage with another person and say, and know their own cycle and be productive. And as a result, the energy is infusing. And therefore, those are the type of people that we do want to be around. So I think for some people, if you're listening today, yeah, you can make mistakes. Yes, it's trial and error. That's what life is all the time, constantly. But as you trial and error, you observe, you self-assess, you grow in awareness, and things will change, and you'll need to shift and adapt. And that doesn't mean you're failing. That doesn't mean you don't understand cycles. It means that you're staying in consciousness. You know, Cal, I think if somebody heard that part and says, yeah... I've been in some shitty cycles, or my family is. So what do I do? I would say one thing you can do is to keep hearing more of the podcasts or get yourself some books or get on the internet and start researching all of the universal laws. Because when we are in cycles, we need to know when to be flexible. We need to know when to have process. We need to know when to take action. And you're literally naming other universal laws. Yes. We have to know when not to get stuck in perfection. 
We need to know when to be in our integrity. And I am, I'm naming every single one of the universal laws. Like I know I'm doing it on purpose. And that's why I'm saying, keep going, keep learning, keep listening to the shows on this, because there is a reason to know every single one of them. Every one of them gives you more tools. So if you're saying, well, I know I'm in a cycle, so now what? Yeah, go read those laws. Understand when it's a good time to be patient, when it's a good time to take action, when you should be flexible, and so on. And it's not enough to say this is a, the way I've always done it. It's not enough to say, well, I just don't, I didn't know. Yeah. When you see and feel that things are not working for you or your relationships or that you are hurting other people, it's not enough to play ignorant. Ooh, I like that. I'd love to end on that. Okay. Because that brings us to the, the universal law of accountability. Great. Well, hopefully people feel inspired to research today. I hope so. So if you have questions or comments for us, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a beautiful weekend.